We start off with our heroes in the trash compactor, trying to get a hold of 3PO to be able to shut down the walls from closing in on them because they're closing in fast. They manage to uh, shut down the trash compactor. Everybody's good. Meanwhile, Ben Kenobi locates the exact uh, device he's looking for, wherein he deactivates the shields on the Death Star and sneaks away from uh, some stormtroopers. Luke and Leia break up from Han and Chewie. Han and Chewie go and uh, chase down some stormtroopers and then run away from them. And then Luke and Leia are put in a position where they have to cross uh, a void where a bridge used to be but can't be displayed because Luke shot the panel. And then they swing across on a rope that is very, very thin. There's also some definitely confusing romantic tension between them in that moment. And so when they get back in the Millennium Falcon and blast off fairly easily, mind you, there's this weird thing between Luke and Han where they're both clearly attracted to her and discussing it in a very different way. Yes. Before that happens, though, uh, Obi-Wan and Vader confront each other, and Obi-Wan dies. Gets, that was crucial. <laughs> yeah, he gets struck down, uh, and then Vader puts a homing device on the Millennium Falcon so that when it escapes, it's getting tracked. Han and Luke shoot down some TIE fighters and escape with ease. Uh, the Death Star follows the Rebels all the way to the base on Yavin 4. They haven't exactly uh, uh, attacked yet, but we have seen them convene with the Rebels, and they've created some kind of war strategy at the base. Yes, so they go about plans in which they intend to take down the Death Star. Han gets his credits for rescuing Princess Leia and says he's going to leave. And Luke is very disappointed that Han would bail. Yes. And that pretty much is the 20. That's the 20. Now, here's what's most fascinating to me. There's only one 20-minute clip left in this movie. Mm -hmm. That's all that's left in the movie? Yeah. I can't believe we're going to wrap up this film in the next 20 minutes. Well, think of it. It's just the trench run left. I guess. That's it. I get. Well, and the other thing is, like, one thing that I've really learned from watching the movie in these serial segments is how quickly stuff happens. Yeah. Like, the Vader-Ben Kenobi duel is over in a heartbeat. It is a quick fight. It's nothing. But actually, and this is kind of an, a fun thing that uh, it's been fun for me because I just started watching Rebels a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm on season four now. I'm almost done. Actually, I only have six episodes left. Oh, man. I've totally binged it. That's but, good. Yeah, for, spoiler for those who haven't seen it, but in the third season, the Twin Sons episode, uh, and that's the episode that Obi-Wan is in. So Obi-Wan, um, Darth Maul, it's his mission. Did you see this episode? Yeah, I did see this episode, Was yes. it so gratifying? It was pretty great. I can see why some people wouldn't find it that way, mm -hmm. uh, but it was pretty great. So Darth Maul spends his entire time trying to find Obi-Wan, and he eventually, by tricking Ezra, finds out that he's on Tatooine. And then he, because he can't find him on Tatooine, he tricks Ezra to coming to Tatooine to find Obi-Wan because he thinks that Obi-Wan will be able to save the rebellion. This is Darth Maul just messing with Ezra's <laughs> mind. Yeah. And so when Ezra gets there, he eventually leads Darth Maul directly to Obi-Wan. Wow. But Darth Maul has, not only has he gone crazy a couple times in the past, he's starting to go a little crazy again. Okay. Because he's been out in the heat and he's... <laughs> trying to kill his nemesis that he's chased across the galaxy for 20 years yeah he's so close he still can't find him he eventually finds him it is a three hit duel it is, be it is beautiful really that's it yeah isn't that dis isn't that really dissatisfying it's not and that's what was really interesting and it made me appreciate this duel in this movie a lot more okay because what happened was maul comes at him with like full force and this fancy twist move mm. And he goes low, and then he goes for the move that he did on, on Qui-Gon. So he okay. swings low, Obi-Wan blocks it, and then he goes to check Obi-Wan in the face yep. with the hilt of his double-bladed lightsaber. 
Obi-Wan knows exactly what's coming, ducks, slices his lightsaber in half, and his chest open. Oh, God. Kills him. That's beautiful. It's done in a block and a kill. Obi-Wan is so at peace and so calm and able to make the exact moves that he wants that it isn't a big fancy brawl. It isn't a million spin moves and then one clash of lightsabers. These are strategic strategic swings of the lightsaber without having seen it what that says to me is some very clever character work oh absolutely proving that obi-wan is very calm cool and collected and also that maul it's just an interesting arc that he is so blinded by rage and Mm -hmm. revenge that he didn't grow in the time since he last met obi-wan well it's really interesting and maul's a terrible character in the phantom menace yeah he's pretty two-dimensional he's a useless character he is just a plot device to kill (laughs) qui-gon yes um but What's great is how he becomes a phenomenal character in the Clone Wars, Mm. and even more so in Rebels. He does have a lot of layers, but they all boil down to his biggest weakness is the fact that he just is so obsessed with finding Obi-Wan. So what does having seen that scene do for your experience now viewing this original lightsaber duel with Vader and and Ben? I view Obi-Wan's moves differently, and I think that's the big thing for me. Okay. Is I used to see it before, and it looked a lot like Vader was taunting Obi-Wan. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And that Obi-Wan, you're this old man who's just been in the desert. There's no chance you can really be a match for me. But in watching it again this time, just the look in Obi-Wan's eyes. How cool he is. He's just so calm. Yeah. But at the same time... He's blocking every little, every time Vader taunts him, he taunts Vader right back. Yeah. Only a master of evil, God. And it's not in a way that, like, he's taunting necessarily, but just saying that, good luck. Yeah. I'm so at peace here. This isn't a problem for me. I can, I can play on defense as long as you want. Obi-Wan was the best, best defensive lightsaber duelist in the galaxy. Interesting. So, although Anakin may be may have been a phenomenally better duelist and a force user in general and and force you but darth vader it's debatable yeah um obviously anakin at the height of his powers um and as a sith lord that's an that's a powerful powerful that's anakin but we only get that anakin for a couple minutes in revenge of the sith right and obi-wan still beats that anakin he did he beats the most powerful version of anakin that's ever existed debatably some people could say that darth vader is a little bit more powerful at times because the cybernetics can right. amplify him. but you just but hit, still you just hit on something brilliant because he it sounds to me like he defeats uh vader in revenge of the sith the same way he later defeats darth maul in that that evil sith lord that angry uh vengeful spiteful mm-hmm. evil consumed by the dark side person is just frantically thrashing mm-hmm. and all he has to do is be chill and he'll win. Yeah, don't try it. Yeah. And I mean, he doesn't conventionally win this original uh, uh, A New Hope duel, but in a way... He does. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of he, he does. He knows it will inspire Luke immediately. He's already... He, he must have already been working with Qui-Gon to learn about how to become a Force Ghost because he immediately is able to speak to Luke. Mm-hmm. He has already achieved peace seconds yeah. after dying. Yep. That he is so one with the force that he is able to contact Luke 10 seconds after disappearing and dying. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, maybe that's something that Obi, like that Yoda could have done in Empire Strikes Back too. Who knows? But 
Like that's that's a pr- that's a pretty powerful moment. How quickly he's able to become. Well, he needs to demonstrate. For he Luke. needs to demonstrate the truth and the power of the force to Luke exactly immediately because Luke hasn't really seen it. Well, I think that's what he means by more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Right? Is that in my current state, I can't teach Luke the way that I can if I'm dead. Right. He will have a different outlook on what the force is. It won't be so much as here's my master, I'm his student. I have to do this for the sake of all Jedi before me. Right. Including but, my master, including my father, including all of the other thousands that died. It just puts so much onus on him. And although it's a shit ton of pressure, yep. it is really what sparks his journey as a hero. Another thing about Vader is that, I mean, it, it, we could talk forever about how George Lucas didn't know what he knew later and that this was all just kind of, he was just kind of figuring out it as he went. But like, it, Vader is in a way... That's an older version of that same character from Mustafar, and that Absolutely. he and that he is still so full of rage mm-hmm. over his past with Obi Wan that he doesn't even hesitate to kill Obi Wan. No. Like that's his old best friend, and he doesn't even stop and go. He doesn't. He doesn't pause the way Kylo Ren does before he kills Han Solo, for example. Yeah. He doesn't even think about it. It's because it's gotten to the point where it's consumed him too. Yeah. Although Darth Maul is obsessed with finding Obi Wan. And killing Obi-Wan. Right. Vader does it in a different way. Like, Vader's obsessed with it, but he's able to still do other things. Yeah. Uh, so throughout the entire duration of, well, until, until he found Obi-Wan again, Obi-Wan was the most wanted. He was the mo- He was on the most wanted list right. across the entire galaxy. Of course. He was Vader's number one target. Yeah. And the fact that he eluded him for the entire time obviously drove Vader nuts. And when you're constantly trying to find more hatred from the dark side to make you stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm sure he built up Obi-Wan to be pure evil in his head. So what's the difference between a Jedi dying a corpse and a Jedi just disappearing when he's struck down? I'm not entirely sure in terms of canon-wise if there's a specific explanation as to why Yoda and Obi-Wan and Luke have disappeared while others haven't. Yeah. Um, you look at someone like Qui-Gon, where he had, did have a corpse, and he did become a Force ghost. Yeah, it's not mutually exclusive. But also, like, there are other council warriors who just die as bodies. Exactly, but in terms of these, there's minimal correlation. The only instances we have where uh, the Jedi disappears are Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke. Not, not Vader? Does he not? But that's the thing, though. We don't see if Vader does. Right. And so the only Force ghosts we've seen are Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan... Yoda and Vader, or right. Anakin, I should say. Um, right. The only one there who we've seen definitely, definitely did not disappear was Qui Gon. He did not disappear, and so, though we've never seen his Force ghost, it is we did in Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Well, and it's plainly said in the prequels that he's able to do it. Yep. He is the first to do it. So there's really not necessarily a consistent canon explanation for I'm, that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. It could be something. I, I view it as becoming one with the Force. Like, really, truly achieving, like, pure light force. Like, it's being so at peace with the light side and not the dark at all. How come lightsabers don't go through each other? (laughs) That's a question that's probably been asked so many times. There's definitely an answer out there. I feel silly asking it because it sounds so rudimentary, but... Like, you well, know. you can call it in a few different ways. They're lightsabers, but according to George Lucas and Luke Skywalker, they're laser swords. Laser swords, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, there's debates. Some people say, oh, the only way the lightsaber could ever exist in real life would be if it was this particular 
um, element in the periodic table mixed with this one, and it was kept at a temperature of such and such, and it was powered by, and it's, it's obvious, lightsabers aren't real. And it's so also you, not Earth. Exactly. You kind of just have to go with it. Yeah. But it is one cool thing is I'm, I'm a mega Star Wars nerd, so I have a handful of... Uh, of those high-end lightsabers or I have sabers, one here. and Colin has one as well. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about those I've always found was the one thing keeping them from really feeling like a lightsaber is the weight of the blade. Okay. Is the fact that, and that's an interesting thing is because in every Star Wars movie, there's a blade. Yeah. There's a blade when they're dueling. Of course. But it just feels a little odd. You would think that a lightsaber should be something that's very, very light. All of the weight should be in that hilt. It would be very difficult to... It would be be extremely difficult to fight with. It is nothing like a sword. Unless there is a weight to it, because there is something tactile to it, clearly. Yes, but it would have to be like... There would be a weight, but it would be a weight that would not be... That and any, any good duelist with a lightsaber should find some kind of equilibrium in his battle stance that it, it just doesn't, he, ha, he has control over it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, there's somebody who has that figured out. I'm not nitpicking, by the way. I think no. it's fine. It just occurred to me the other day that that kind of stands out. What are some quotes from this 20 that stood out to you? I think there are fewer iconic quotes in this 20, although some very good ones. I agree. There weren't super iconic ones, but ones that I like, and a lot of ones that, a lot of good conversations. Yeah. So I have a couple back and forths that I really liked. Okay. Uh, One thing's for sure, uh, we're all going to be a lot thinner. That was my first one too. Yeah, because it was at the start of the 20, and it was just a great quip. Great, great quip. Absolutely. Uh, will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Of course. From Leia? That was a great one. Yeah, that's uh, really That good. entire interaction is really solid, though, yeah. too. She's uh, such a firecracker. Look, your worshipfulness. <laughs> Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> I take orders from one person. Me. Yeah, that's Worshipfulness. Very good. Worshipful. I didn't even pick up on how silly that is. Oh, it's great. I mean, the whole, you're only a master of evil, Darth, that back and forth is phenomenal. Exactly. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. We were growing only up. master of evil, Darth. Uh, your powers are weak, old man. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. When we were growing up, we had these uh, Star Wars books on tape. Mm-hmm. There was the, like We kept them in the car. There were these cassette decks. Uh, and they were narrated by C-3PO, but they were basically like very condensed versions of the original Star Wars saga. And they had clips from the movies, I think. I think they were clips from the movies and they were not like reenacted by voice actors who barely remember these. I only remember 3PO. I listened to them a lot. And so it's to the point where the rhythm of those conversations is almost more ingrained from those than it is from the films. Really? So they're cut differently, and they're uh, they're edited those conversations. So as soon as he says, "Only a master of evil, Darth," I expect him to immediately say, "You can't win if you strike me down," because that's what happens on the tape. But it doesn't immediately happen. There's some thrash. Powers are weak, old man. <laughs> yeah, that's not on the tape. It's little things like that. It's like when I listen to um, the song "Secret Garden" by Bruce Springsteen. I can hear all the Jerry Maguire dialogue in my head. Oh, yeah. It's the same. It's like something about this muscle memory of what... I don't know if it's because it's audio. Well, but it's something if you've heard it initially one way or so many times when you were young, it's just going to become just part of your subconscious. The same way in that I don't remember life before Star Wars. Right. In that I saw it when I was two or three. Yeah. And so I don't know a time in which I've never known the words only a master of evil darth yes i i was wondering uh there are there are two 
it's either this movie or it's another movie where I first saw a main character in a film die. Like I first saw like a mm. tragic hero die in a film. It's either Star Wars A New Hope with Ben Kenobi or it's The Lion King with Mufasa. Mufasa. Oh, it's for you. It's I think The Lion King is the first movie you ever saw. Well, in theaters, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know elsewhere. I probably still was The Lion King. Probably saw The Lion King before Star Wars. Yeah, I think I probably did. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, it, it's it's up there. Like, yeah, I, definitely. I, being the softy I am, it was probably traumatic for me to reckon with the fact that Obi Wan just got killed. Although, because it's so safe to watch, I know when we were kids, you really liked old Ben Kenobi. Oh, of course. Old Ben Kenobi was your favorite when we were kids. But like, that was also like a pretty cool ass death. Like, oh, there's nothing. Of course. There's nothing like tasteless or like gruesome about it. It's just like, what a slick way to go. I could, oh, I know. If I could, I could handle death a lot better if that's what it looked like. Exactly. You know, killed by Darth Vader in that way. What else do we have for? Oh, this is a this is a, a classic Han quote. Uh, Luke brags about having shot one of the Tie Fighters down. He says, "Great kid, don't get cocky." Yeah, that is an excellent one. That is. I'm I'm waiting to hear Aaron Reich say that. He's got to say, "Don't get cocky." He's oh, got to. Friggin' hope so. Yeah. Uh, we got our first no. Like the elongated no after a death. Oh, sure. No. <laughs> oh my God. It's never even occurred to me that that's like a Star Wars thing. Yeah. But Obi-Wan says it when Qui-Gon really goes down. That really brings me back. I always remember because I like that and then the Obi-Wan and the Qui-Gon one. Those were parallels for you? Well, it was always parallels for me because f- I really got into Star Wars. I, I was five. Yeah. Four or five when The Phantom Menace came out. I think five. I think it just turned five. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have many memories before the age of five Mm -hmm. so the majority of my life i've seen all of like this the first two sagas um, trilogies yeah the the uh, the prequels and the originals yeah and so i never like i had always a preference toward the original trilogy because it's better Uh, but i also had a soft spot for the prequels because they were flashy and colorful and when you're a little kid lightsaber battles Let's face it, there's way more of them, and they're way faster, so when you're a kid, they're way better. It's not just about being a kid. They're objectively better. In the yeah, but my new favorite, it's not even close, my new favorite is Rey and Kylo. Oh, yeah, but we weren't talking about that. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, they are. They are better. There's a couple ones that are a little stupid, like uh, Yoda, Yoda and Dooku is one of the dumbest fights there is. It is flawed, but Duel of Fates is like, I mean... Yeah, Duel that, of Fates and obviously the Mustafar fight are the two best fights other than what we had, in my opinion, what we had on... Um, Starkiller base. Phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's not impossible. I used to bullseye wampa rats in my T-16 back home. Oh, I know. That that's, was bad. That's the meme line that from this 20. That was so bad. <laughs> Who's uh, he talking to there? Who is that cadet? Is that just some guy he happens to be sitting next to? Well, the weird thing for me was the script says it's Wedge. Okay. And I know what Wedge looks like. Right. It's not him. It sure as shit didn't look like him, but maybe I only know what he looks like with his helmet on. Okay. But maybe. my God, it didn't look like him as I normally picture Wedge. Yeah. Which is so weird because so Luke, I thought they did a good choice as who they picked. Like they, well, not who they picked, but how they cre- recreated him. He's become a, a regular in Rebels uh, to a degree. Yeah. Like a semi-regular a couple times a season. Uh, very likable character. Um, but it just seemed a little... Maybe it is the same, but I don't. I don't know about that. I found. I could be wrong. I found the rebellion welcomed the farm boy and the smuggler into their little uh, convoy fairly easily, like without any suspicion. Like on the one hand, you can you can understand that 
Luke knows members of the Academy there, so they can maybe vouch for him. Plus, he was he aided in the rescue of the princess, so that probably puts him in their good oh, books. Yeah. But Han has got a shaky past. He is not to be trusted, even among Luke and Leia. And so that they'd want him on their side and never have any suspicions that maybe he could be an Imperial spy. No, he's a, he's a smuggler. There's no way in hell that he would be an Imperial spy. I don't know, man. I think that if anybody paid him, he would take the job. Yeah, that's true. But the number of pirates and lowlifes that the rebels work with that are out there in the galaxy, I mean, they like uh, as, as someone who watched Rebels recently, it was great to see Lando in it. Yeah. Like, that sort of stuff is cool. But they don't have a good relationship with Lando. They worked with Lando. Right. They didn't they, like him. That's but true. They, they worked did with it him. reluctantly. But it, because they saw the bigger picture, it was the right thing to do. Billy they don't, Williams. They don't, have the cho- they don't have the ability to be picky as to who's part of the rebellion. There's just barely enough of them. Billy Dee Williams turned 81 this week. Yeah. Would we like to see him in episode 9? I really, really would. How could they not? It w- in my opinion, that is fan service that no one will judge you on. No. We lost Carrie Fisher. Yep. We won't see Carrie Fisher in a Star Wars movie again, and if nope. we do, it better be done some damn well, and it, it better be minimal. Yep. Um, Luke is hopefully coming back as a Force ghost. Yeah, but he's not going to have any scenes with any Lando. No, certainly. But what I mean is that we're not getting Han back. We're not getting Leia back. Yeah. We'll get Luke back as a ghost probably, and it'll only be for a short amount of time. Give me Lando. Yeah, we got a little bit of Yoda. Yeah, Lando's the only one we're really missing. Yeah, I'm missing Jabba as well because I love Jabba. But we're gonna see him in Solo. Yeah, so, or so we're told. So that's getting me really excited for that. Lando and Chewie love would be nice. They could have a little Han moment, and that could be like really sweet for the fans. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. That can pay like a nice homage, where everybody's really pissed off about there not being that deleted scene in with of Luke showing emotion about Han. Yeah, uh, in the actual Last Jedi. Um, I still think that was a mega mistake. And it's the, weird. Really the biggest mistake I think Ryan Johnson made, uh, and I know some people think that you think is the biggest mistake. Yeah, but I know, I know. That one and uh, BB-8's, I've got a bad feeling about this. Happy beeps here, buddy, come on. Two small things that I just felt. Ryan Johnson, like, yeah, fine, you have your stupid Canto Bite and you have your stupid um, Finn and Rose storyline. Right. Those are things that I'm not a fan of, but I get why you did them. Yeah. This was just stupid. The, yeah. Both of those were mistakes that should not have happened. I totally Someone agree. Someone should have said, are you kidding me? Screw that. Some human is going to say, even give me, even Chewie. Yeah. Chewie would have been better than BB-8. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, was, I was pissed about that. No, I'm with you. I think it was an afterthought. I don't, I don't really even trust in it. I do. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson tried a couple times. I tried a little bit too hard to go different sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have anything against it and the things that worked obviously, but that's it's a little that's contrary. Not, that's though. not fair to yeah. say. Oh well, I like these changes, and it's the same way why people complained about the Force Awakens being just a rehash of a New Hope, yeah. and then got all mad when the Last Jedi was completely different. You know what though? I I understand both of those arguments. I disagree with both of them to a point, but I just rewatched the Force Awakens for I think the seventh time this weekend. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, it is more like A New Hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. But I think that was the right thing to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's... They ch- they made really good characters. Yeah. There weren't really any character repeats besides Rey a little bit. Yep. Uh, and mostly just where she comes from. Right. That's kind of it. Right. But the archetype of, like, Han and Poe, they're not the same dude. 
No, that's the thing. They can fit that same role, but they really aren't. No. They, and Finn is a, Finn's great. In my opinion, if Finn wasn't, like if they chose to, to make Poe a more prominent character and Finn really wasn't a character at all mm. in The Force Awakens, obviously that changes the movie a lot, but I think that would have ruined the movie. Yeah. I think Finn is far more essential than we give him credit for in this entire saga. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I but totally ju- not necessarily you and I, but then we as a Star Wars fans in total, Yeah, we see him as a fun character who doesn't... I think there's going to be something in Nine, whereas Finn is a Samwise Gamgee. Ah, he is the hero. That's a cool way of putting it. He is the one who has his friends' backs through and through, through all the dark side pull, through everything... He is gonna, he's paired up with Ray again in this movie. We right. found that out because Daisy Ridley uh, saw bits and pieces of the script or spoke with JJ or something. They're back together. That's so good. Yeah. Oh they have such God. good chemistry. I'm so excited for that. She has good chemistry with everybody because she's such a freaking great actress. Mm. But, but I mean, we know we're going to get more of Ray and Kylo. It would be nice to have Finn back in the mix too. Exactly. And you're right. You're right about Finn. Finn is just a beacon of goodness. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's interesting because he comes from... He comes from the space Nazis. He comes from the First Order. Yeah. But he's able to get past that and becomes this excellent character. Uh, Poe is one that... Poe's a lot of fun. I think Poe is a weak character so far, and I'm really hoping they do a better job on building his character out a little bit more in Episode Nine. Yeah. Um, Just kind of in the way they did with Finn. Well, he's kind of like a Legolas. He's kind of oh, like that's a great comparison. That's a like, great comparison. He's really flashy. It's, it's impossible not to like him, mm-hmm. and he's of course good at what he does. But the story would roughly go the same without him in it. Yeah, that's an yeah. interesting way of putting it. And I think we're in a position now where he's going to be forced to be a more prominent role because there's no more Leia. Yeah, and I think Leia and Poe was probably going to be a bit of the focus. Finn was a pretty big part in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and so was Han. Luke was obviously the original trilogy character that was more prominent in The Last Jedi. Rey was definitely the new character that was the most prominent. For sure. I mean, you see the good guys kind of paralleling again here. That would mean that we all know Leia's movie was supposed to be nine, while Poe's movie still could be nine. That's true. So it could be Poe coming to save the day. It could be Finn coming to save the day. Who knows? But both of them did jack shit in the last jedi <laughs> so they both really got to pick it up yeah you're right they, they got some slack to pick up what are some things you want to bring back to the drawing board from this 20 because once again i think this is the second week in a row i i found it pretty airtight actually i was pretty impressed too yeah uh, the garbage level didn't rise in the trash compactor <laughs> so that's so funny that was a little bit weird <laughs> we had another princess leah an analysis of the plans provided by princess leah has demonstrated a weakness in the battle station. There was another Princess Leia Granted, in there. that's like a general, although he should know Leia pretty well. Yep. In fact, he should know her better than Tarkin. Actually, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, one of my trivia questions. Do you know uh, Do you know his name? No, but I was going to ask you uh, who he was and, uh, like, uh, yeah, who is he? Uh, his name is General Dodonna. Okay. Uh, I believe it's Jan Dodonna. It could be Jan Dodonna. I don't know what the J's pronounced as. It's always just General Dodonna. Okay. I'm sure somewhere along the line they say his real name. I just couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, General Dodonna. He's in Rebels. Great character there. Uh, he was uh, he was the commander of, I believe, a Star Destroyer uh, oh. at the start of kind of the Empire's reign, as were all high-ranking uh, Rebel members yeah. of the, the Republic. Before or they- not all of them, but all the ones who were loyal to Palpatine or 
neutral people before they defected. Exactly, and then he just when he got in, within the imperial uh, imperial system, he was just he was disgusted by it and became one of the founding members of the rebellion. Really um, worked very closely with Mon Mothma. I'm generally very inclined to put a lot of trust in the guy with the big white beard. Always, yeah. They're trustworthy people. I think Unless you're like Saruman. Mm. And this is, I love the fact this is the third Lord of the Rings reference in this show, but it's working. <laughs> yeah, Saruman is really the Count Dooku of Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> the fact that I didn't go with Dooku before I went with Saruman, <laughs> I feel a little bad there. Uh, but I, I will have to say, uh, Dooku, he's just the lamest of all of the main villains. He is, of course. Yeah. Even more than Grievous? Uh, the thing is that's interesting with Grievous is Grievous has a, has a, there's a lot of story around Grievous. Yeah. And the main problem with Grievous is how powerful he is. Okay. So Grievous, uh, in the Clone Wars is the worst. Yeah. So in the Clone Wars, the, uh, the he's animated like a cough show. and everything. He's, he's terrible. It's another android with a lung problem. But where he, have we he, seen that before? He messes up on everything. He's a to- he's like, he's the shitty number two to, to Dooku. He's... He's got something. He's he's definitely got some power uh, in Revenge of the Sith, and he's a formidable comp- uh, opponent for Obi Wan, and you can see why he's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, however, in Legends, uh, the the cartoon Clone Wars TV show, Grievous was a fucking monster. Yeah. He was Vader level power in a cool way, or like in a they, yeah, they in over- like a did this terrifying way. Yeah. Like he was a he was a cyborg that could not be that should not have been beatable. Uh, and then they, of course, like because there's so much fluctuation in his skill level, he's kind of a hard character to evaluate in that regard. Mm. But yeah, no, I will say Grievous is lamer than Dooku. I won't, I won't even try. And to he's back not, that up. And he's not force sensitive. No, so that's a really a big black mark. Yeah, when we're talking totally. about who's powerful. Well, that's why it's a little bit hard to kind of even think of him in the same category. That's true. Yeah, uh, that's he's almost true. like Jabba the Hutt, just is, with the lightsaber. Well, yeah, it's just like Jabba the Hutt if Jabba the Hutt was good at anything. No, but what I mean is like a battle. Jabba the Hutt is great at things. Jabba the Hutt runs cities. Yeah, he's scary. He has guys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where is Laura Dern in this 20? Is she like a little kid or is she? Nope. So she would be, uh, I think she's two years younger than Leia. Is that all? A couple years. Not not too many. Maybe maybe up to five, two to five. All right. Uh, So so she's like 17 somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, at, so at she'd most. be like 16 or 17, yeah. around that. Um, I do want to read that Claudia Gray book, though, because uh, I've just heard phenomenal things about... Um, What's the name of that book? Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Okay. So I've heard really good things about it. I got through... Uh, I'm on to... Soon I'm on to my third uh, book in the canon series. I just started Ahsoka, so I'm reading them in order, chronologically, has uh, this, books-wise. Has this book come out since uh, The Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it came out just before. It didn't, it doesn't reveal anything for The Last Jedi. It's completely a, a prequel to A New Hope, you could say. Uh, I don't remember whether, it, I think it came out before The Last Jedi, just a bit. The only instance where I found myself uh, inclined to say use the Force, damn it, is in, of course, that, that great duel where we know Vader is capable of being much more brutal towards Obi-Wan. But is it fair to say that Rogue One kind of recontextualized our viewing of that duel? Because we because before that, we didn't really know how tired and rickety Vader was. Although we do see him do some acrobatics in uh, episodes five and six. Yeah. I mean, Vader has a lot of different suits. 
Yeah. He was wearing one that was not a mobile suit. Right. And I and he was taking it easy. Yeah, of course. He, he, he wasn't trying to go ham. Right. Uh, he knew that if he needed to try and kill Obi-Wan in an instant, mm-hmm. that he, he probably could have. But at the same time, he probably wanted to play it a little safe. As much as he was being arrogant, he still has no idea what Obi-Wan was up to. And Obi-Wan right. did just elude him for 19 years. Yeah. So as much as he may be pissed at him... If he has any brains, he shouldn't. He he was smart to to kind of rein things in, and not very Sith like to rein things in. Right. What's the name of this general again? Whitebeard. Dodonna. So uh, this is something that that stood out to me as ridiculous dialogue. Uh, Leia shows up, and Dodonna kind of like puts his arm around her, and he says uh, something to this effect. You're safe. When we heard about Alderaan, we feared the worst. I'm pretty sure the worst happened when they blew up Alderaan. Well, that is the worst. However, Bail Organa is kind of the king of the rebellion. Yeah. And if you lose Bail Organa and his daughter, who was in charge of the Death Star plans, that is the worst. I know. The second worst it's is... It's just insensitive to say to Leia, True. Oh, oh, good. Everything's fine. As long as you're here, it's not the worst case scenario. She's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, well, well my, it isn't. My home and my family is gone. But... The rest of the galaxy might be saved because she lived. So, also, I'm pretty sure that was a different character who greeted her. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Another thing that doesn't really hold up—it's not so much I want to bring it back to the drawing board. It just doesn't hold up over time. Is once they have reconvened after I think it's after the 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 Tarzan moment and after the ridiculous Han Wilhelm scream, which by the way was very silly for Han Solo. And it occurs to me now, Han Solo is a lot sillier in all of his scenes than I think anybody ever remembers him as. Yes. We always think he's grouchy all the time. He does silly things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's after all that. It's just about the time where they're going to get back on the Falcon and, and speed away. Uh, Han says, if we can just avoid any more female advice, we're going to be able to get out of here. Mm. Yeah, that line didn't age well. It doesn't really age well. It wasn't good then either. No, that's true. It, it, <laughs> sexism wasn't okay right. when it was okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's like part of the... It wasn't okay when it was commonplace. It's part of the, the gruff uh, machismo of a character like Han and that he can, quote-unquote, pull it off. But one thing that's interesting that I think you made a really good point on is the, the silliness factor. And I think that goes to what everybody's talking about, how they want... Oh, Alden Anrak, he doesn't sound like Han Solo. It doesn't work. He doesn't sound like him. I'm not getting mm-hmm. that same portrayal. But one thing I think that a lot of fans could be clouding is the most recent Han Solo we have is Old Man Han. Mm-hmm. And go back and watch the old ones before you judge. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, go back and watch the old ones before you judge and watch them in order too. Yep. The way that he evolves as a character, Han changes so much. Yeah. So whatever Han we get in this movie, as long as I can see traces of the same person, and you show me why they de- why he developed in a way that got him to the cynical Han uh, and the money hungry Han that we see on Tatooine. Yep. I don't care. That's great. I don't yep. need to see uh, anything that resembles an impersonation of an old man. Right. He's supposed to be in like his teens and early 20s in this movie, that would be really stupid. He should have a high-pitched kind of squeaky voice in comparison to the 35-year-old and 70-year-old Han we've seen. Because he's 10 years younger. Yeah, well, well I, th- I think there. I think that it's three different times. So oh, it's, you did say that. That's yeah, kind of I think well, he's like... 
over like a five-year period, three different times. Or Everything something. you just said is exactly why I never would have wanted them to, and they never were going to, so it wasn't a real fear. But I never would have wanted them to <laughs> Anthony cast and Gruber? Anthony and Gruber from the Blake Lively movie, yeah. who sure does the smile really well, but it's not just about an impression. It's the same mm-hmm. reason it's ridiculous to wish that Sasha Baron Cohen could play Freddie Mercury. Yeah. You have no idea if he can act. You have no idea. So looks and sound alikes are really not everything. Mm-hmm. Anthony and Gruber, I think they're idiots if they didn't give him an audition because that's maybe, weird. maybe he could act. Yeah, maybe he could act. Right. Daisy Ridley sure as shit wasn't a known name. Mm-hmm. She had like three IMDb credits. Well, that's an exaggeration, but she didn't have many. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, give your chance. If you can find somebody who looks and sounds exactly like it, then no one's going to complain if they're a good actor. But we will all take the good actor over the impressionist. Totally. And yeah. I, you're making a mistake if you think otherwise. Uh, Luke very openly is much more heartbroken over the death of Ben Kenobi than he is about his aunt and uncle. There's not much more to say about that. It couldn't be more obvious, though. Holy smokes. He's, yep. getting, he's getting consoled over that and then jumped back into his speeder and drove away when he saw his own home bird now. The only thing that really takes him out of his grief uh, is a discussion with Han, which I think we should probably get into mm-hmm. because it doesn't occur to me I don't think I realized that they alluded to the Leia Han romance in A New Hope. Oh, really? But it's interesting, isn't it, that Luke kissed Leia and Han called her sister. Easy. You call that easy. They're tracking us. Not this ship, sister. It's not over yet. It is for me, sister. <laughs> That's interesting. That is funny. I never. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it was a, little, it was a good luck kiss. That one, I, although... She definitely acts very damsel in distress around Luke, yeah. which I don't like because it's super not Leia's character. She kisses him super sexually at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I know that. Yeah. I know that. But in terms of this one, I'll give it by. The gross kiss is Empire. Yeah. Um, this one, I don't... But she's definitely damsel in distress, flirting hardcore with Luke. And Luke is smitten. Oh my God, yes. Because the smile on his face when Luke says, so what do you think of her, Han? Yeah. Han... I'm trying not to kill her. Um, I'm, or I'm, I'm trying not I'm to, kid. Just trying not to think of her, yeah. I read kill her from yeah. kid. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to kill her. What? Whoa. No, I'm <laughs> trying not to, kid. And then this smile from Luke saying good. Yeah. And then we all know what that means. Right. It's so obvious. And then Han starts fucking with him. And well, he's, of course. Yeah. He's loving. He's just like, oh, this kid's smitten. I'm going to just fuck with yeah. his head right now. Because let's face it, Luke asked it because he knows... In comparison, Han has a better chance. Han is is older and he's smoother and yeah, the cool guy with the ship and the ton of money is cooler than the whiny farm boy who just lost his wizard friend. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, can, can I just say like, it might be the fact that the solo trailer came out yesterday, and so I'm just like kind of high on it right now. But watching this twenty, I was. So so jazzed about the Millennium Falcon yeah, in this 20. Me too. I don't know why. I was just like, that is a cool ass motherfucking ship. Yeah, I'm it is it is an awesome ship. Yeah. And I encourage you to, and I know you will as well, uh, is to watch things like uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, is to see other ships and such. Yeah. Because holy shit, there's some cool ships in the galaxy. They've always done a good job of that in Star I, Wars. I watched Forces of Destiny, uh, I think I watched all of them uh, the other day, and because they're only like three minutes apiece. And there's one small clip, or one of the episodes, three minutes, where Han and General Syndulla, 
who is one of the main characters. Harrison Duel is one of the main characters in Rebels, mm-hmm. uh, and she lives through uh, the end of Empire Strikes. Sorry, Return of the Jedi and, and beyond that. Uh, and there's one little video of her making a deal with Han, and in order for him to get her to give him the supplies that he needs. Uh, he has to admit that the ghost, her ship, is a better ship than the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's got to hurt his <laughs> ego. That's got to hurt him hard. Yeah. And then as soon as, um, obviously, he gets the supplies to Leia, Leia says, don't worry. Everybody knows the ghost is not the <laughs> ship the Millennium Falcon is. That's true. <laughs> and it's true. But nobody likes the Millennium Falcon when they see it. No, of We had that not. from Leia. It's from, a hunk of junk. We had that from Leia in this episode. You guys came here in that thing? You're braver than I thought. Yeah. There's all kinds of different ways to insult the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, there really is. Um, but there's so many cool ships out there and the way the smuggler, like which smugglers choose. Uh, I would be very curious to see what ship Lando gets after the Millennium Falcon. Because, first of all, he's going to be livid that he lost it. Well, it's got to be worse, right? What do you mean? His new ship has got to be worse because otherwise he would be able to get over having lost the Millennium Falcon. Potentially. But... I don't know. Lando's got a shit ton of money. Maybe he can find a way that he gets something that's just as good. Maybe the Millennium Falcon was close to his heart or something. Right. Or maybe he maybe he really put every... Maybe he won that um, or won the money through Sabacc that was like everything he'd ever earned and he spent it on the ship or something. Okay, I want to talk about that at length. Uh, but are we done other than our trivia questions? Are we done recapping this 20? Um, any, other? any other trivia? Oh, there's one part I do have. Okay. So the Stormtrooper bumps his head. Yes, yes. TD-110. Uh, right. And so that was an instance where the actor was sick. He had a stomachache that day. Right. Um, and, and that's the Snoke, as the Snoke origin story. That's why he's got the big scar on his head. Yes, of yeah. course. No, actually, but from a certain point of view, uh, the <laughs> actual case is that is the same stormtrooper who pulled Obi-Wan and Luke over in Mos Eisley. Whoa. And was mind-tricked. Interesting. Yeah. That's why he hit his head. Because he realized reeling. it. No, because he realized it. What do he, you clu- mean? he clued in. It was started. It was in the back of his head. He was just like, like, and he just had this memory, like, oh shit, I got, I got mind fucked. I got Jedi mind tricked. And that's he cool. has this realization and bumps his head as he does it. That's fun. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. All right, I, I've got a trivia question that that you're going to be able to get. It's fine. It's easy. Cool. I, I didn't really think there was any like clinical stuff. I have so, another one for you, too, because I gave away the other one early. A different question? Yeah, because okay. I had the Dodonna one. All right, well, I'll go first. What two pieces of Imperial gear did both Han and Luke keep after stripping off the Stormtrooper uniforms? Oh, shit. I know they kept the belts. Um, like the utility belts. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the harder one. Oh, the blasters. Yeah. They keep the blasters. the blasters and the utility belts. Yeah. Why is to keep the utility belts? Uh, I noticed that specifically because it was it was so stark white compared yeah. to Han's really really brown, dirty ass shirt. It does stand out. It, it doesn't, it doesn't match with the rest of his pirate's clothes. You couldn't even notice Luke, though. No, that's sort of true. Yeah. yeah, it just blends right in. Okay, okay. Ask me a question that I won't know the answer to. Well, I have a couple here. One you never in a million years would get. Um, this was nice of you. How fun. Uh, I, I, the only reason I wrote it down because I thought it was funny just to write one that you'd never in a million years get. <laughs> okay. No one would. All right. I could never get it. And do you know how badly I want to get this question? You'll never get it. No right. one would. Okay. Uh, unless you wrote it down and have it right in front of you because you thought there was a slim chance. Okay. Uh, which pressure maintenance? Ha- which pressure maintenance hatch did Luke ask three PO to shut down? On which level was that pressure maintenance hatch? On the detention level. 
Oh, sorry, on the detention level, but which hatch on the detention level? Uh, 118. Yeah. 326827. Ah. <laughs> I just, I picked some rambled, yelled out number. So just, it's not, it's not 2187 again. No. Right. Uh, an actual question as opposed to that one is, uh, this is one you might be able to get, uh, how big is the target on the trench run? On the what run? The trench run. So in the Death Star. How big is the target? The target that they have to hit. Uh... I think I do know this, but I'm not going to guess it correct. I still have to guess it. Is it like five feet wide or something? It's not much more than a womp rat. Oh, okay. So is it one foot? I don't know. No, a womp rat's about five feet. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh, okay. It's two meters is the answer. Oh, okay. I thought womp rats were like rats. I didn't no, realize they're huge. They were... Oh, used to bullseye those? That's not a bullseye. That's shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Disappointed. All right. Well, I didn't get yet another one. One of these days. One of these days I will. Well, maybe we should ask tiered questions, like one that the other person will never get, one that we hope is a tricky one, but a fair one, and then one that's we expect the other person to get, but right. maybe not the average okay. uh, person who's only watched Star Wars once or twice. Sure. Absolutely. That might be cool. All right. Uh, we got to talk about the Solo trailer, because it's not too Hell often. yes. It's not too often there's like a major Star Wars trailer that comes out while we're doing this podcast. Came out yesterday. Uh, well, a couple of days ago, because this is coming out a couple of days after we record it. But it, it, I, I was so excited after i watched this trailer me too because it really took a lot of my fear away now i'm still a little nervous and a trailer does not tell you whether or not a movie's going to be good it's designed to make this movie look good mm -hmm. but we got a better idea what the style of this film is going to be and this is going to be a western heist film in yeah. the star wars universe and that looks pretty cool it's like oceans 11 it looks awesome yeah yeah um apparently it was the best script okay ever for a star wars movie uh before any of the casting was done. What does that mean? Just in terms of people who were shown the script, who were part of the Star Wars yeah. family, pretty much universally agreed, like, this is one of, if not the best Star Wars script ever written. Oh, boy. It's Lawrence Kasdan. Okay. So that's fair. And Lorda Miller, did they have a, a writing credit on it? No. I think it was Lawrence Kasdan's, Kasdan and his son, maybe. Hmm. Um, Jake Kasdan. Yeah. Yeah. Could be wrong on that, but I think they may be the two main writers. There might be another one in there, or maybe it's Lawrence and someone else. But okay. Oh, that's a very good sign. Yeah, it's a very good sign. Of course, more people what... need to be told that. Exactly, and that's yeah. something. That's the reason why I brought it up, just because it's something a lot of people forget about. And when you think about this movie and you see more about it, like, yeah, we're getting cool snippets, but there's going to be some. Like this entire plot line is going to be very interesting. Yep. Uh, some of the things that were in the trailer, like for example, Chewie's wife. Yeah. Or assumably Chewie's wife. Some kind of counterpart to Chewie, mm -hmm. who I think existed in the Christmas special, right? We know more about the Wookiees. Chewie has a full family. Yeah, and that's canon, I yep. think, isn't it? Um, the full family may not be, although right. it's going to be brought into it. Yeah. Uh, his age was canonized. 190 years old? <laughs> you look great! Now, At 190. I don't, is I don't think that was a canon before. Prediction time. Is Amelia Clark? Or is Woody Harrelson going to betray Han? Let me give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you. And you will never be disappointed. Amelia Clark, I'm 100% confident. Yeah? What makes uh, you say that? Because the trailer has a specific line said by Woody Harrelson talking about how everyone will betray you. Mm -hmm. And then it quickly shoots to Amelia Clark and, or as Kira, and then uh, Donald Glover as Lando. The quick shot of Kira, and this is something I'm embarrassed I never noticed before, she's decked out head to toe in red and black. Oh. She joins the Empire. It's well, so obvious. Look, and this this would really paint a nice 
backstory for why older Han mm-hmm. has such a hard time trusting people. But also, Lando. Lando sells him out in Empire. Yep. So him saying, people like don't trust people, everyone will betray you, and then it flashes to his two friends, yep. one of which we already know betrays him, and the other one, we're 50% sure is either going to die or betrays him. Yeah. It has to be one of the two. And I'm putting all in on betrays him. Woody Harrelson t- could too. I'm going to say he gets killed by her, maybe. Or yeah, that'd be, uh, that would be a good because like there has to be a reason he's saying it. Yeah, Woody Harrelson I think is going to die mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. what, like how else would like, clearly he's an important character in the the Star Wars galaxy. If you are the mentor for Han Solo, you've done some shit. You've laid some groundwork. Exactly. So yeah. I am assuming he's going to die in this movie. Yeah. And him delivering that line, him being a mentor to Han, that would be something that would really make Han cynical. I mean, you look at Han and Luke, it's interesting. Luke's mentor dies in A New Hope that we just saw. Yeah. And then that catapults Luke to become the hero. If Han's mentor dies, that's what catapults him to become the true criminal that he is. Yeah. And then, of course, the events of A New Hope bring him back. But Woody Harrelson even says, like, once you're in this life, there's no way out. Yep. You're in this life for good. And I think that's really cool. Which is sort of true, but he does get out in a way, except for that we know he comes back to it in his old age. Yeah. This is all very exciting. Yeah, this is, it, it really is. This is really exciting. And I thought I thought Aaron Reich was really crushing it in the trailer. I thought he I did mean, solid. I, I mean, he's being, he's being very, like, cheeky in it. Mm-hmm. He's being, like, silly, Han, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But he's a kid. He's a kid. And, like, I don't know. I'm not convinced he wasn't kind of evoking the character. Yeah. No, I, th- I agree. I thought it was really good, uh, especially the scene uh, playing Sabacc. Uh, when he's uh, the interra- money on the table? Yeah, the interactions with him and Lando, the two of them. Oh, my God, it's good. Oh, my God. Lando is... Everything you've heard about me is true. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so cool. That's already, like... The, the line of the movie that's already the name of the episode that we do of the podcast about that movie definitely yeah his, his uh, counterpart droid is also super cool yes absolutely so it's a female droid or in terms of voice as a female voice okay which isn't as common right uh, you see that's it once so in a while but yeah. not as common and apparently a little bit of backstory on her i don't remember where i read this uh so i apologize for not giving the credit but actually this droid takes pieces of other droids so this droid will kill other droids and then take the components that are higher quality in that droid than her own components. Oh. And become, and is building her, she's making herself her own super droid. Wow. So she steals parts here and there and is constantly making herself more badass. That's so cool. And there was just a couple snippets in there of her doing, of like really making C3PO look like a piece of shit. Right. In terms of, okay, droids can do shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that with, uh, with K2 in Rogue One. Yep. Uh, and obviously, every time we see R2, R2 saves the day. So. I find it interesting to be told that Lando is the best smuggler in the galaxy pre-Han Solo's career. Yeah. Like, we had no reason to believe they weren't on par. They weren't, like, maybe Han was, like, the big brother figure. And I think Lando's, like, three or four years older than Han. Interesting. I think he's just a little older. That Donald Glover, man, that is a good casting choice. Yeah. Everybody's just like so game for Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what else is fun? Is Han saying, uh, I've got a really good feeling about this. I got a really good feeling about this. Uh, I didn't like the delivery of it, though. Really? No, I thought it was, I thought it was weak. Oh, okay. What, I, what was I wrong thought with it? it? I thought it was too cheesy. I thought it was too like, I've got a really good feeling about it. Like, yeah. It's like something you'd say 
in like a bad episode of Family Guy before Peter gets shot in the face or something like something whereas you know what's supposed to be a famous last words situation exactly yeah and it's just it's too campy i know star wars is filled with that and i love that but this one is like you're only saying it because you're trying to do a throwback to something else Mm. and i like that but i didn't think it worked okay i liked the line i didn't like the execution any other observations about this trailer? Else said it, maybe. Anything else that, that stood out to you in this trailer? I'm sure if I were to watch it again and again, I'd have a new takeaway every single time because we got a lot from this trailer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's a few new Stormtrooper designs. Yeah. So those are some cool ones. The ones that uh, they have a little bit of fur on them. Mm. I think they're called uh, Range Troopers or Mountain Troopers. I should, okay. I should know that. I should look into that. Both but, are cool names. Um, anyway, so that, that's, that's their area. And the train scene, uh, that's where we see those troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other ones, um, like, m- like Marsh Troopers or like Swamp Troopers. Swamp Troopers sounds like a better name, so it's probably that. I don't remember what it's actually called. Yeah. Uh, but there's a few new Stormtrooper designs, so I recommend look those up because they're pretty cool. Uh, I've been blown away by what Rogue One and um, for, uh, The Force Awakens and the Solo movie have done with Stormtroopers. Yeah. Across the board, it's been excellent. Yep. The the adaptations, the different versions, uh, branching out but keeping within that same style, making the ones from Rogue One and Solo fit within that time period and really looking like something that George Lucas would have designed in the 70s. Totally. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And whoever's in charge of that really, really deserves a pay raise mm. because they have kicked ass on making the Stormtroopers because that's something that's always around, something that you don't have to think about as in like, oh, that looks weird. For me, the battle droids, immediately, as soon as I saw them, I was like, wow, yeah. you're seriously going to give me a Star Wars movie without Stormtroopers? Yeah. This is dumb. I know. And then we got the Clone Troopers in Attack of the Clones, which the Clone Troopers suck, in the movies, the clone troopers are amazing in Clone Wars. Was They're the, great characters. Was the device of the clone troopers intended to imply to us that all stormtroopers are clones, which has of course been rewritten in the canon? But uh, like, was was Luke was Lucas trying to say, oh, by the way, all stormtroopers are clones? I don't think so because stormtroopers have American accents in yeah, all of the original trilogy. I don't think he cared about that. Well, I don't know. You don't clone someone with a thick New Zealand or Australian accent. I should know that, but it is Australian, I think. Um you don't you don't cast someone like that if you think like, and also Boba Fett for example. We we you know they had to cast someone like that yeah. to align with Boba Fett. I know. So, I don't think so. I think that was something that was not meant to be seen. I think they brought the clone troopers in purely because they mentioned the clone wars in A New Hope and well, what are these clones? Who are these clones? Right. Well, let's make them the origin of Stormtroopers. And then it actually becomes a really cool origin story. So I think they were used poorly in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. But I thought the concept of their use was excellent. I thought it was brilliant. It just It should have been done. Uh, well, let's face it. The Phantom Menace should have occurred five years later. Yes. And then you can just introduce Stormtroopers in that one. Uh, yes. The clone troopers in that one. Absolutely. It solves a lot of problems. What do you think? Well, what do you know? One final thing, a big standout in terms of the solo trailer, uh, Enfys Nest. Uh, that is the leader of the Cloud Rider gang, just a little bit more there. It's a, it's a woman. That mm. was something I didn't realize, which is kind of cool. Apparently, this character is one that is set up for if there's a trilogy. Oh. So, although 
like the fact that it's a very she's got a cool suit of armor and they're a very cool looking game and they'll probably sell well as toys apparently they're the side villain mm. that is set up to be the villain of the second or third oh movie in a trilogy I if hope they, were they to don't do, one. do more solo movies they're gonna do it if it's excellent they're not going to do it if it's not. No. But you also keep in mind, maybe they'll do a Lando That's trilogy. That's what I was going to say. That's the answer. But the thing is, though, if they do that, they already know they have their character. Because they could just probably use the same character. They exist within the same ecosystem. You just rewrite the story a little bit so that they're Lando's antagonist as opposed yeah. to Han's. That's right. Um, so I think if they can leave the door open there, it's probably smart. That's fine. So that also should mean that the main villain in this will die. Which means Paul Bettany will probably die. He looks like someone who's going to die. Uh, yeah, he does. He looks pretty cool, though. He does. Got to say, he looks pretty cool. And he was an afterthought. They only put him in the movie six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cool kind of, like, light daggers. Mm. Uh, not so much necessarily like a full-fledged lightsaber, but kind of like clear daggers that then lit up with clearly some form of power yeah. uh, embedded within them. So he looks like he's pretty dangerous. Totally. Uh, but then there's also the potential of Amelia Clark as a villain. So Towards Wait. the end. Anyway. Yeah, probably yeah. towards the end because yeah. if it's going to be taking place over three different timelines, we know she's a childhood friend, mm-hmm. so she'll be good in the first act. She'll probably be tempted in the second act yeah. and then be turned in the she's third. She's going to create the cynicism in Han Solo. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right, man. Is that it for the podcast this week? I believe so. We rambled a lot this week. Love it. We're chatterboxes. Okay. Until next week when we finish off A New Hope. Watch the last 20 minutes of A New Hope for next week's podcast. Uh, And until then, may the force be with you.